This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. Recording from Brooklyn, it's me, Brandon, and on the other line, it's my good friend and co-host, Josh. Hello, Brandon. Uh, Josh, um, I was expecting by the time we recorded this, and it's shortly after the Everton Crystal Palace game, that we would have some news of Gary Monk's fate. I am, I'm kind of shocked that he's not fired yet. I'm kind of shocked that Jose Mourinho is not fired yet. I guess there, there's, there's just nothing making. Well, the Gary Monk thing, I, I, I kind of. They don't want to fire Gary Monk, clearly. Yeah, it'll be a very, very sad day in, yeah. in Wales when that happens. They would have to really feel like they were, in the, they were, they were officially in a relegation fight, to, well, which, which they are, of course. Yes, I mean, they are. Drop. I mean, it, people have made the astute point that if you take the first month or the first four games away from Swansea, they're down at the same points as Aston Villa. Yeah, that's true. But they also like you know. Ah, okay. Well, we, you could like that. That's like a you know. You could do that with any like. You know. Listen on another plane of existence, Josh. Chelsea is actually good. <laughs> are they? <laughs> do we know that? I yeah. watched that game. I don't think they are. <laughs> we'll we'll get to Chelsea. Certainly, we'll have a lot to say about that <laughs> shortly. But um, we talked a lot about tears last on last week's episode of Always Cheating. Um, crying again may be the theme this week. Assuming you can uh, not hold it together, Josh, you had kind of a bad week here. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's it's hardly bad. You're still above the average points of 51. You you had 59 minus four transfer penalty, right? But just the the way that the week, just, and I, I you know I don't want to turn this into uh, a long like kvetch session where I just complain about things. But don't kvetch. It, just just take us through what ex- uh, where the points uh, fell away yeah. for you. Well, certainly not getting nothing from Sadio Mane on Saturday was very frustrating. Uh, because I was debating between when I brought him in three weeks ago, it was it was it came down to Sadio Mane or Ross Barkley uh, in terms of who I was going to bring in, and so I brought in Mane. Uh, but right around that same time, I was debating between Harry Kane and Sergio Aguero, and uh, I decided to bring in Aguero. 
which is also not worked out. And um, Delafeu uh, has looked great in every game and continues to not pick up assists. Uh, had an own goal for Martin Skirtle yesterday when he was on track for three bonus points. So that was like a 10-point swing. And not even a calamitous own goal. Like, he, he was just doing his job in that situation. Yeah, just an unlucky own goal. Yeah, he's, he's, he, yeah I love Martin Skirtle. Like, it was, I wasn't yeah. even mad about it, really. Uh, and, uh, and then today, um, yeah, there was the Delafeo nonsense. Um, I really don't I, – I did not seem like a significant enough touch for me from Gareth Barry. Well, to, Everton is famous. Uh, I mean, Romelu Lukaku, most of all Everton players, is famous for ghost assists particularly last season. So, yeah, I felt like I was both having and moderating a Twitter meltdown uh, <laughs> as, <laughs> with the Delafeo thing. I don't know if you followed that at all. I must have commented, liked, reposted. Like, it was like a hundred posts about Delafeo. Like, it was a real, people were really having a moment about it. <laughs> I actually wasn't following it. I had a pretty decent week with 74 points, and I was just uh, chit-chatting away with our private league, making jokes, <laughs> having a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was a fun week for me. It was, <laughs> and uh, well, I was, and I was on point. I was on target for three bonus points with um, Seamus Coleman too, and so I lost. Uh, I lost those late because Gareth Barry, who picked up three bonus points, missed his marker, and then Scott Dan scored again. Can we talk about Scott Dan for a minute? Because this guy is on fire. No, we can talk. Yeah, we can talk about Scott Dan and how his idiocy robbed me of a Wayne Hennessy clean sheet against Sunderland. No. <laughs> No, I'm not having this with Scott Dan. I mean, emotionally, I'm not having it. Yeah, as far as fantasy assets, perhaps. All right. But uh, as, a, as a Wayne Hennessy owner, um, I'm concerned about those clean sheets at Crystal Palace. They, they're, they're all heart, all hustle. Um, organization doesn't seem to be their strong suit, though. Yeah, it was kind of... Um I mean that whole that whole game was being played basically in Everton's half of the field. Uh, they really could have uh, they they could have scored more. I mean I think they you know Lukaku, Lukaku was my captain this week uh, hit the hit the goalpost twice I think, and uh, there was almost a spectacular own goal on a Ross Barkley corner. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, yeah, that was the one with Connor Wickham. Uh, yeah, hit it up against the crossbar. Yeah, that yeah. was incredible. That guy's that guy's terrible. <laughs> he is <laughs> wonderful tattoo sleeves though. That's true. Yeah, he he looks like he could be good at football, but he's not. So all my all my moaning last week about uh, Kevin De Bruyne showing up and scoring what like sixteen points after I got rid of him and mm-hmm. my Aguero trans, uh, transfer basically destroying my team. Mm-hmm. Um, it all sort of came good again this week for me because Deli Ali was part of that trans uh, double transfer that I made, and he mm-hmm. came off my. Well, he didn't come off my bench, but I had to play him because I ended up keeping Aguero this week and set him on my bench. And there Deli Ali is coming in to get me nine points. And uh, I captained Ozil. Um, yeah, which, which worked out fine. Yeah, it was fine. I think we discussed it was basically 50-50 between Lukaku and Ozil this week. And it was a margin of just two points between the two. And... Uh, uh, Aaron Ramsey, who we can talk about later in the pod as being the the prime target for Arsenal assets, mm-hmm. he he totally destroyed Ozil in this game because Ozil gave him a goal on a silver platter, which mm-hmm. would have been another three points for Ozil and sure three BPS. But instead, Ramsey squanders that 
and takes in a pass from Colm Chambers, mm-hmm. everybody's favorite. <laughs> so then they're ranting. Yeah, I was singing Colm Chambers' phrases in the last podcast. Much so, like much like Scott Dan, by the way, who was one of our performers for the second half of the season. So here I am. Uh, I'm just in under four four hundred thousand. I'm at three hundred ninety nine thousand one ninety six. Yeah. So what are you thinking about? Uh, so are you because you and I um, on Friday. I, you know, I was really debating what to do all week, and I mean, it really couldn't have worked out worse. I mean, it, the the thing about Deli Alley, and we, you know, because we were joking a couple weeks ago about how how badly that worked out, and of course, in the end, it, it's it's kind of fine because you were able to keep him on the bench last week, and you know, he came through um, big time this week. Yeah, it's important to remember that you can't look at this stuff in a vacuum because right now I'm feeling incredibly depressed about the two transfers that I made, which is that I, I, I finally, I cut bait with Aguero, even though I just brought him in. I just, I can't, I can't deal with the stress of an Aguero right now. Like he is incredibly expensive. Uh, he can't stay healthy this year. Um, when he plays, he doesn't seem to have a lot of goal threat anyway. Yeah. And it doesn't, it seems like he's playing about 60 minutes a game. Uh, so I know, I know he's getting his fitness back, but like with all these Christmas fixtures, like he, he could start like half of them. Like who knows, you know? Right. Uh, especially with a muscle injury, like you can't, bring, you know, like you're not going to play him 90 minutes and like, you know, 20 degree temperatures. Right. So, um, so I brought him out. I brought in Harry Kane, who got one point, and I brought in Ian Hazard, who got two points. Uh, so in the end, I burned four points to pick up three points. Uh, <laughs> and I really would have better trash. if I had just fallen asleep. If I had just like gotten smashed on Friday night and fallen asleep <laughs> uh, and not made any transfers at all, I would have more points today than I do. Uh, so that is doing next Friday. That is yeah, exactly. So that's very frustrating. But in the end, you know, Chelsea they're away to Leicester next week, and and uh, maybe who even knows? I mean, we'll get to Chelsea in a few minutes, but. Uh, but certainly, Harry Kane at home to Newcastle is a fixture I'm very excited about. Yeah, yeah, you're you're set up. You're set yes, up. you're coming off of a bad week, but you're yeah. set up for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the season, you know, I was talking with a friend of the podcast, Colin Bothwell, on Twitter a couple weeks or a couple nights ago, and uh, I was just saying that you know I really um, I, I had to mentally like or not even mentally emotionally I had, to, I had to kind of check out of this season. You know, it's just like at some point you just can't. The emotional investment—you you, got to reel it back a little bit, you know. Yeah, didn't you, you say something yeah. like you have to set a new goal, basically? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this is like so. I wanted to bring this up because I feel like this is something that a lot of people are probably feeling right now, which is that, you know, like, and, I, and I've talked about this in an earlier podcast, but you know, I finished. Uh, so, my, my final ranking last year was fifteen thirty overall, right? So, like, you know, top almost almost top fifteen hundred, you know, thirty spots off. And so, my goal this year was uh, top one thousand. And, um, you know, after like a rough first couple of weeks, I was like, well, okay, like top 10K, mm-hmm. <laughs> like top 10K will be good. Uh, and then, lower. yeah, lower. lower than it's like top 100K lower. And, <laughs> and top 100K, I think is still within reach. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, without a doubt. Yeah. But, um, so what you have to do is you just have to decide, okay, what do, what do I want to play for? Like, what's, what's the new goal that I'm setting for myself? Yeah. You know, like, do I want to like finish on the first page of the, of you know, like the uh, the hail cheaters mini league, yeah. or you know, I mean, that's <laughs> what everybody wants. As, of course. as far I mean, as what, goals, what, what greater honor could there be, Brandon, than finish <laughs> in the top fifty in the hail cheaters mini league? None, not as far as I can tell. <laughs> so I think for me, I you know, I think I'm going to try to like join like some like second half league, <laughs> just to like so I can like feel like Does I have such a, a thing start. exist. Well, the, yeah, the transfer hub guys are talking about starting a second half league. 
Oh, that's great. Yeah, so if you go to triggerlips.com, there might be some information about that there starting in week 19. I was uh, thinking more like you, you like like goals you set as a kid, like you just pretend that the floor is lava or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. I, I I can't I don't have the kind of personality that I can just say like screw it, I'm just going to you know, I, I'm just going to like triple captain someone next week and I just don't care anymore. I'm going to burn yeah. 30 points. Like I just don't, I can't, I can't do that. I'm still, I'm, I'm an inherently conservative player in the end and I can't get away from that, you yeah. know? So, so I'm still going to try to feel the best team I can. I'm going to try to be a little more differential aware, I, I suppose. I'm glad you will because frankly, um, it's rare to catch you on a bad season and I don't want you to cheapen my, my impending victory over you in our 50 buck cup head to head. Uh, competition. Yeah, so you nick you nick me this week. So you, you what? You're up nine nine wins to six. Nine to six. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. keeping a comfortable distance, which is the only thing that allows me to sleep at night. And this is a goal for me too, because you know three wins with twenty three weeks to go. That that seems that I can catch up on. Oh yeah, yeah. people people's fantasy teams can just go completely tailspin uh, <laughs> topsy turvy. Exactly. So in the end, if I can win fifty dollars from you, I'll consider this season <laughs> a great success. So I was actually pretty happy with my transfers this week. I brought in Ross Barkley for Alexis Sanchez, and I also brought in David De Gea for Joe Hart. Now, that was a little painful because it, <laughs> Joe Hart was predicted to be out of the lineup for the weekend, and Willie Caballero was going to play. Oh, yeah. So I actually didn't get to my the second half of my story. So I was debating what to do on Friday, and I, I just it was such a difficult decision. Uh, and so I finally texted you around, or G-chatted you around, like, 4.30 wherever, and I was like, let's go get a drink. And it became very clear about 15 minutes into our post-work drink that all I wanted to do <laughs> was talk about the Yeah, you basically were like, sat me down in a chair, <laughs> thrust a drink into my hand, and you're like, sit there, shut up, and listen to me. <laughs> but then I had to hear your story about, about Joe Hart, which was, uh, was a sad story. It was a sad story, but it, wor- it worked out in the end because... Uh, I, I mean, why, I was, why Thursday, though? Like, why not why just wait until Friday when the press conference is coming? You know, I, I'm a little itchier with team value than you are. I mean, I don't think you uh, give any credence to team value. But I just I, I felt the tide turning and uh, I wanted to make some money. Yeah. Yeah. I don't give a lot of credence to team value. I mean, I, I there there are people who are very smart who play this game who do. Um, I just just to me, it never seems like it's an issue. I, I feel like there, it's very rare that I maxed out in my bank. Um, I, don't know, I, feel, I feel like it was a bigger issue a couple of years ago. I, I don't know. This year, like the last couple of years, it seems like. Um, there are so many. Maybe it's because all the Leicester players are performing so well this year, and so right. everyone's kind of got money in their bank because they've got these like six and seven million dollar players. Right, right. Well, I, I was happy with it in the end because Man City is having a real problem with clean sheets. We actually got a, a question from Scott Gill on Facebook about City's record with and without company. Mm-hmm. It seems like they can't win without him. Yeah. So uh, the stats, as we believe them to be, would be one goal with company and fif- 15 goals against Man City without him. Yeah, with with company, Man City have won. So Man City played eight matches with with Vincent Company. They've won six of them, and they've lost. They lost. Two, they won six. They drew two. They did not lose any. Uh, without him, which is seven matches, so almost almost the same number. Uh, they have uh, three wins and four losses. So uh, 20 points with him, 9 points without, uh, which is pretty telling, I think. It is really damning, and I think that what that says is to have any Man City defender, it has to be Kolarov because he's that goal threat. I mean, he yeah. quite, quite nearly had a goal against Stoke. He that did. That was a carbon copy of the one he had the week before. 
Yeah, it was a really. Um, I mean, they didn't have Yaya Torre either, and so you know, no, 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 no Torre, no company, uh, no Sergio Aguero. I mean, you basically ripped the heart of that team. Yeah. So I'm happy to have replaced Joe Hart with De Gea, even though it cost me four points, and um, I ended up getting one extra point out of it with De Gea getting that clean sheet. And then I brought in Barkley for Sanchez, which has more or less allowed me to keep Sergio Aguero on the bench without um, having a whole lot of second thoughts. Now, are you concerned that he may not start this weekend? Because it sounds like that's, that's now in doubt. I am concerned about that, but I am committed to riding it out for at least one more week. <laughs> I know like, that sound crazy. I, I hope that he like doesn't play through the Christ, like through the, like the Christmas fixtures, and you're still holding on like like seven weeks from now. I'm gonna be like Linus in the pumpkin patch, waiting for the great <laughs> pumpkin. <laughs> I mean, that is the God is 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 that not just the perfect like analogy for what Aguero has been like this year? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you're like five goals. He's here. He's here with all the gifts for all the good boys and girls. I mean, if you just if you can just look past. The the one again the Newcastle game right I mean it's it's Newcastle it wasn't like he like destroyed he destroyed an overmatched opponent over the course of twenty minutes in one game yeah if if you look past that then he's getting like then like there John Joe Shelby is like destroying him this year from a fantasy point of view <laughs> you know I'm not gonna <laughs> like, make a super I mean Mark compelling. Albright is like kicking his ass he is yes he is <laughs> he's probably sleeping with Aguero's wife as as we're recording this podcast he's taking his prize. <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm not going to make a really compelling case to get Aguero, but I'm happy to have him on my bench because, well, I now have $4.5 million in the bank. So I'm free to basically do anything with my team as I please. Right. Aguero isn't preventing me from that. I mean, I'm only able to do that because I also got rid of Alexis Sanchez. Um, but also, he is a possible, Aguero is a possible differential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to me, if I have him and it's not totally screwing up my team as of this week, let's be clear about that, I'm, I'm happy to have him on my bench for the time being. Okay, fair enough. I mean, certainly if, if he does play on Saturday at home to a struggling Swansea team, you're going to be feeling pretty good about that. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I you know, it's funny because I was just talking about how much money I have in, in the bank, but I, I, I really am thinking about kind of a logical move for me would be to drop. Uh, and actually, this is another question that Scott Gill asked, uh, another part of his question, which is what happened to Sadio Mane, basically. Uh, and no one, we don't really know. Well, did <laughs> anything just, happen like, to Sadio Mane? He is, um, he's like a Balassi-esque figure. I mean, I mean, he looks great. I mean, he's you know he scored he scored against New, uh, Liverpool in the uh, in the Capital One Cup midweek, and yeah. he's looked you know I mean, and he was playing uh, an Aston Villa team that he scored a hat trick on in, in like two and a half minutes last year. <laughs> yeah, but if <laughs> you, you, look, you remember, you actually came over for that match. You came to my apartment. It was I, he scored I, a hat trick while I was. I, I swear I'm not making this up because it was a very long line at Starbucks. But he scored that hat trick while I was waiting in line at Starbucks. On my way over to your apartment. Right. It, now, was, it was incredible. If, if we were sponsored by someone other than Starbucks, if we were sponsored by like Dunkin' Donuts, would you have changed that to Dunkin' Donuts? Yeah. Tim Horton, if you're listening <laughs> right now. <laughs> I should also plug the great uh, site TalkSport Live, uh-huh. um, who do great radio commentary on Premier oh. League games. And I was listening to that, that hat trick 
through TalkSport Live. It was it was insane. I, I don't know if TalkSport is the radio provider in the UK. It must be because they're all they're all English announcers. Although I guess they're going to be the international announcers, but they are so fantastic. I mean, they're, they're just, fantastic they're, because they're not concerned about being nice. Like they're they're unafraid to um, <laughs> tear players down for being awful. Oh, and just for being bad, not even playing bad. Yeah. Like it just they just all it has. Like I remember there was a, a game last year. Uh, where they were thinking about bringing on uh, Gabriel Oberton. Like, I think he was getting ready to come on the pitch. This is when um, Alan Pardew was still there. Uh-huh. And one of the announcers just said, if they bring Gabriel Oberton into this match, then Alan Pardew should be fired. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's not even a footballer. I'm he's not, not even, even a footballer. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. yeah. These guys you get on TV are so earnest. and um, They have to be, right? Because it's so... Um, it's they're either some, that or like guys like Lee Dixon, who I can't even listen to. All he wants to tell you is, well, back in my day, that was, yeah. that was a clean tackle. I think the 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 like the TV people it's a it's, it's a little more likely to go viral. I feel like the radio announcers they they talk like no one's even listening to them. Like <laughs> yeah. that, I mean, which is what makes them great. They talk like they're just like in a bar. Yeah. You know, um, anyways, we're getting off track here. Yeah, well, we promised we weren't going to get too too sidetracked. <laughs> but I, just to just to get back to it for a minute, I think that uh, Sadi Amani to Kevin De Bruyne is a transfer that I'm definitely thinking about making this week. Yeah. Pretty pretty simple one. Um, then I get you know I don't have any Man City coverage right now, which is a little bit of a concern. Okay, so we're recording this before the game for game week fifteen is fully updated, so we don't have your your cut and dry standings for the Hail Cheaters mini league. Um, but we have to give a special shout out to William C's triple captain Hazard game week one, who jumped up to first place in the table after the weekend's action, uh, and uh, he had a total score of eight ninety one coming into this Monday fixture. Yep, excellent. And we're also going to point out um, top scorer so far as we can tell here in the Hail Cheaters League this week. It's Conrad Poole and the Vardy boys with 87 points. Now, you look at anybody who scored over 80. Uh, Josh, take a guess as to why they scored so high. Uh, well, they, did they captain Mares? Yes. Yeah, we had wow, two nice. guys Two guys that I saw just clicking through the Hail Cheaters League, at least uh, captain Mares, both over 80 points. I was. I, it was kind of a. It was. It was a nice hat trick to have. I mean, because in the end, you can sort of be like, oh well, it's you know, it's not that exciting to have Mar, you know, to have a hat trick from Mares because everybody owns him. But his ownership is still only like fifty five percent, you know. And even if you even if you exclude dead teams or people who aren't really playing competitively, you're still looking at like sixty five, seventy percent. And of that group, a lot of people, at least. It seems like everyone that we follow on our Twitter feed yeah. uh, had him on the bench this week. Oh yeah. I can't stress it enough. Have you not learned your lesson? Yeah, you just got You have to play Mares and Vardy every week. It, I mean, it's, like, wait until they go like two weeks without scoring before you even think about it. People are people are just getting too touchy with Leicester, and they wanna they wanna be the first one off the bandwagon. But as evidence, there's no reason to get off. Yeah, I mean, even if you get a two point, I mean, like so, looking at his last. The last six fixtures from Mares, it's six points, fifteen points, two points, nine points, two points, twenty-one points. So I mean, it's it's really excellent form. I mean, you know, no one gets attacking points every single game week. I mean, certainly not Sergio Aguero, <laughs> or um, you know, even someone like Kevin De Bruyne, who feels like an incredible, you know, very consistent. Mesut Ozil is the only one who gets attacking points every single game week. Right? Yeah, he is the metronome of the FPL right now. No huge. Yeah. No huge returns like Mahrez is 21 this week, but, but you, you count on him for at least an assist every week. Let's make yep. a quick prediction, Josh. Okay. Um, Reed Mahrez, 
at the end of the 2015-16 season, uh, will he be in the top five point getters for the game as a whole? Absolutely, without a doubt. Top three. Uh, the only thing that would that would get him out of the top five would be if he like moves to PSG or something in January. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think um, is that going to happen? Top- is Lester going to be taken apart during the January window with Barty and Mares going? They're going to be taken apart eventually. I, I don't know if it'll be in January or if it'll be at the end of the season. I actually don't think it'll be in January because I think, I mean, given the results of this game week, and we'll talk about this a little bit when we get to Liverpool, uh, they have to be a legitimate shout to actually win the league. I mean, it seems crazy. It doesn't seem like it seems like there's no, I don't know. I guess there's still a long time to go. Uh, uh, I mean, but at they, least I think it's easier to say a genuine shout for top four. For, for Champions League spot, yeah. yeah. Why would, as long as, why long as they leave the, the, the team in the middle of this season? Yeah, I mean, it just you know, I mean, they're not like a incredibly rich club. So if somebody came along and offered them, you know, Gareth Bale type money for Mars, which which they wouldn't. I mean, he's not he's not young enough, and he's not he's you only know, he's, he's only not, proven over the course of what like three to four months. Yeah, I mean, he was really good the second half of last season too. Yeah, uh, and he's still fairly young. I think he's like twenty four or twenty five. Yeah, uh, but you know, he's not going to get crazy money. He'll get like. Forty, fifty million dollars. You know, just like he'll get like one mod of money. <laughs> one one mod of money. We can we can dare to dream. <laughs> yeah, Chicago money. <laughs> <One mod of> money. <laughs> All right. So we um we picked out a few key fixtures from game week fifteen, which was a, a crazy ass game week. Yeah, uh, and we'll talk more about the the hail cheaters uh, our league in the um. On Twitter, once once all the points are updated, we'll, we'll we'll talk a little more on there. Yes, absolutely. Give some people the shout-outs they deserve. Yeah, and hey, it's never too late, everybody out there listening who is a cheater but hasn't joined yet. You can take your points into our mini-league. Just go to alwayscheating.com and click the League tab, and we've got our auto-join button right there. All right. All right, so in Game Week 15, the first crazy result of the weekend was Stoke 2, Man City 0. And uh, there's a lot to talk about here is in terms of fantasy assets, attacking and defensive. Yeah, I thought uh, Arnutovich was a player who was incredibly inconsistent uh, the last couple of years. I mean, it, he was not even a player who you – I know you talked about him briefly a few weeks ago, but certainly last season he wasn't anybody you'd even think about bringing in from a fantasy perspective. No. I mean, you know, he had like – maybe he had a run of one or two games. I actually may have even owned him for a week last year, um, but he just wasn't a – I mean, given it, look at his price, right? He's, he's priced at $16 million. Um, or, excuse me, he's priced at six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say, wow. <laughs> uh, he's priced at $6 million, but for $6 million, you're getting, uh, so far in the season, five goals, two assists, and eight bonus points. That's when Alden territory right there. And he, how many goals should he have scored in this match? He, he should have <laughs> had four goals. I think was, he should have. It was painful yeah. to watch that. Uh, just because I didn't have a dog in the fight, I wanted him to get that hat trick, and he put one off the post and uh, missed that header by millimeters. I don't understand how a team. I know they didn't have company and uh, and Yaya Torre in this game, but how can a how can a team as rich as Man City, who have really been, you know, they're in year what like eight or so of their project, you know, this like take over the soccer soccer world project. Yeah, how, how they could look so bad in two of the last three game weeks, right? I mean. The loss to Leicester, or not, excuse me, not to Leicester, the loss to Liverpool uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, now this match to Stoke City. I mean, it was just, it's more of a, more of a, uh, an overall question than it is really a fantasy question, but it's, it's, it's kind of crazy, right? Like, they had a run there where they were winning these 5 1 games. You thought, okay, this is it. They're going to, like, just 
they're going to roll the league. You know, they're going to end up winning by 10, 10 points. And, you know, now they're, they're in third place. And I don't know, like, you just don't know where the goals are coming from. Yeah, it's true. I mean, all, all goes to Stoke in this game. And I, I wanted to talk about quickly about the Stoke defense because everyone has Jack Butland, who is doing fantastically well still. Mm-hmm. Yep. 4.9. Yep. Yeah, four saves and a clean sheet here. But isn't it, isn't it time for us to start talking about other defensive assets on Stoke? Or doubling up on the doubling Stoke Doubling up, yeah. Glenn yeah. Johnson in particular is a guy who... What about um, what about Wolsch- uh, I, I, He has a weird. The actual way his name is pronounced Wolshide? is Wolshide. Yeah, Wolshide is four point four million and has picked up one, two, three, four, five. He has picked up six clean sheets in the last eight games. And then you got Jeff Cameron, who's playing out of position in the midfield. Uh, I mean, he's not exactly had a lot of goal scoring up or goal scoring threat. Yeah, but he's four point four, and he's going to pick up a clean sheet playing in the midfield. Like a full-on yeah. defender clean sheet. Honestly, you really couldn't go wrong with any of those. I mean, there, there are five midfield, and they actually the price is a lot better than it used to be. I remember back in the day, all of the Stoke defenders were a little more expensive. Uh, they tended to be between five and like five point five million. Yeah. So it, it felt like more of a more of an outlay. But yeah, I mean, I really I wish think I it's it's, it's probably complicating the process a little too much to do a rotational double up. So when you don't like the Stoke fixture, you play. Uh, Butland, but when you do like it, you play Butland plus a defender. But we were talking on an earlier podcast about we're waiting for that team to show up that had that didn't have very expensive defenders and was showing real, really strong, consistent defensive results. And I think we finally found it in Stoke because I mean, you, there there are two different four point four million midfielders right now who you could pick up who are very consistent, uh, you know, clean sheet um, earners. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's very elegant, but you getters. You're getting that? Earners. Yeah, getters. Um, I mean, let's look at their fixtures. Earners sounds you've more got, honest, I think. You've got West Ham away, which, which you know, I'm planning to start butling for that game. Uh, Crystal Palace at home. Uh, Man U, home. I mean, at this point, Man U, it's not clear if Man U is going to score another goal this season. That's uh, so, so Man U at home isn't that intimidating. Uh, you know, then I mean, it's it's like up and down. It's not it's not amazing their run of fixtures, but it's yeah. certainly good enough for a four point four million defender. Oh yeah, but it's yeah. you wouldn't feel obligated to start every week. No, for sure, definitely worth a look. Shakiri looked fantastic in this game too. He looked like the Shakiri that was promised to us. <laughs> it was. Yeah, a lot of yeah. promises were made, Josh. I don't know if you were <laughs> at that meeting. I was actually that was, that was the board meeting, right? We. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe we got this far into the season without mentioning we're both on the Stoke City board of directors. Yeah, you think, well, you, you think know, that would have come up sooner. Conflict of interest and all that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay. So I mean, Kevin. De- but we, we, oh, just sorry, Brandon. Just yeah. to, to to go into this a little more for a minute. I mean, we have barely. I feel like we've barely talked about Stoke City through the first fifteen weeks of the season. And we've talked about Jack Butlin quite a bit. Yeah, but they have been so like, under the radar. When we talk yeah. about them, we're basically in hushed tones. Say, wouldn't it be great to be a Stoke City fan for what what's coming? Right. And it's still the future is coming. If Shakiri looks like he did in this match more of the season, then he's a really interesting option at six point six million. A very a very reasonable price. Actually, he's down point four from his seven seven million starting price. Yeah, uh, he had two assists. Really could have had more if Arnudovic finished better. Now, granted, Arnudovic is the one you probably want to pick up because he's actually even cheaper than than Shakiri. Uh, but it's really worth watching that midfield because. A lot of people have a little money in the bank. Um, it might be worth taking a punt on a Stoke midfielder as your fifth midfielder. 
they just have some weird weird results earlier in the season that give you pause, like losing two nothing at home to Watford, and then drawing uh, with Newcastle. Right, and but those but those are the kind of Sunderland last week. But those are the kind of results you'd expect from a mediocre team, which is right. what they are. Right. But but I'm saying they're they're a mediocre team that has some fantasy players that are very valuable. Yeah. As as a fantasy owner, as a like, I do not think they're going to finish in the Europa League spots even this year. Um, but I do think that there are a lot of there's going to be a lot of opportunities to pick up clean sheets along the way. Yeah, Glenn Johnson, I'm looking at you, buddy. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> and I'm looking at you, Wolves child, Wolf child, Wolf child, Wolf child. <laughs> uh, uh, this this week did vindicate my getting rid of Kevin De Bruyne. He 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 looked like the Kevin De Bruyne I dropped two weeks ago in this game. Yeah, and uh, and now if I bring him in, that's going to be a real a real freaky Friday situation. Now we talked about Aguero, but David Silva is back from injury. He started this game and he looked wildly off the pace. Yeah, you were really disgusted. You sent me some text that was really yeah. I sent you you're, some you're... Like, crazy Photoshop <laughs> images of his head on a fat woman's body. <laughs> uh, yeah, speaking of Photoshop, uh, I tried to make a um, I tried to make like a homemade Photoshop a couple days ago. Uh, and it was I, I took the Captain Rom, uh, the Captain Ron poster, you know, with uh, Kurt Russell. Okay. And I took a photo of Romulo Lukaku, and I tried to put it on Kurt Russell's head. For is like, this a true story? For, yes, it's true. And I wanted to be Captain Rom. Okay, I like that. <laughs> and then I was going to write an M over the N. And uh, I really have no graphic design skills, though. So, Brandon, if you want to tackle this, please go ahead. Well, Photoshop is uh, has a reputation for being among the most obtuse. Uh, software programs on the planet. All those levels. It's very complicated. Yeah, yeah. Layers. 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 Yeah. (laughs) Levels. Two levels of knowledge. All right. So Silva, it's best to stay away from him. I mean, if you really have to invest in the Man City midfield, I think you're right. Kevin De Bruyne, when he's on, he's on, and that's the way to go. All right. Next up, we want to talk about Newcastle versus Liverpool. Speaking of promises made, uh, Liverpool were basically the title contenders going into this game, and uh, we yeah. got a we got a real reality check. Yeah, I actually texted you uh, on Saturday after Chelsea lost, and I said, "Mark it down. Liverpool is going to win the league this year." <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day, they just compl- like they lay a compl- like a rotten egg in, in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, but- Newcastle have a few fixtures like this every year, right? This is something that we've seen in years past where. Man City or or Man U come in and Newcastle have looked terrible. This, is, this used to be like an Alan Pardew special, yeah. where Newcastle would have conceded like like three hundred goals in the last like hundred and twenty minutes of play. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and everyone's like, all right, you got a captain. Whoever you've got in this team, everyone was talking about, oh, you got to bring in Daniel Sturridge. You got a captain Sturridge. <laughs> um, and uh, and honestly, I was a little worried. You know, I, all, yeah. all I had was Martin Skrtel, and I thought, God, you know, I really wish I had. Uh, you know, two or three. I, w- I was even like, oh, I wish I had Firmino. You know, Joe like Allen, even. Joe Allen, even. <laughs> Give me anybody. And uh, yeah, they just so who knows? I and mean, part of it was. Just, I think that the I know, think Jurgen Klopp really well. flubbed the uh, the team setup because Firmino, it's not a secret. He looks completely lost in that midfield without Coutinho, and Jordan Ive was fluffing everything down the right hand side. He's basically playing like he was Iron Robin or something like that. And <laughs> and uh, no disrespect to our wonderful um, Yanks on the U.S. men's national team, but I looked like he should be playing for the U.S., like all athleticism yeah. and no 
technique, no nuance I, to his game. I like that we have, we have the crap. Um, we have the crap Arjen Robin and Jordan Ibe, and we have the crap Cristiano Ronaldo and Gerald Delafeu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> come come to the Premier League for crap players. Yeah, for your ersatz players. I think I felt a little burned by Ibe because uh, Klein was playing down the right hand side uh, with Ibe, and I'm a Klein owner, and mm-hmm. Ibe made made no effort. He made like an anti effort to involve Klein in the play. Yeah, and it Klein can be was just of- like running up and down the field. Like, what am I even doing? I'm just wasting my energy. And I would just put his head down and dribble with the ball into somebody. Yeah, not 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 his finest game. I, I don't want to be such a hater. I do. I like. I've. I have liked I in the past. So it could just be an off game. So does this make you? Um, I, I kind of know the answer to this already, but I'll ask you anyway. Does this does this create any interest at all for you in uh, Newcastle players? No. No, absolutely not. Um, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I mean, they're they're just. I mean, they they may not get relegated this year. They seem to find a way to. I don't want them to get relegated. I like Newcastle. It's fun to have them in the league. Yeah, I you know I love their fans, but it's. Um, I mean, this result probably yeah, saved Steve McLaren's team. job. Maybe I don't know. For, for now, yeah. yeah, I still think David Moyes. I like by like January first. I'd be surprised if David Moyes wasn't the the head coach. Yeah, if he well, wasn't. Let's the the talk of Moyes maybe going to Swansea. Oh, how is that like right? That? How do you like that? I don't, I don't know how serious well, it is. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I, I guess that makes sense. I mean, Newcastle does feel re- more more moisy, doesn't it? It kind of does, doesn't it? I don't know. I mean, he's from Scotland, so you know, it's pretty close. I, know, I guess we have to talk about Wijnaldum here, and he's just he's he is a total troll. He got his four goal game, and then what did you hear from him since? It was like one assist in in four or five games. And yeah. then here he is. I mean, he, he had a spectacular finish on that second goal and definitely worked his ass off and made a great run to get the first assist on that skirtle on goal. But the Newcastle team is it's just too much of an unpredictable mess for you to, to bet on it. It's yeah, not a differential. I, no, I, I agree. It's just there, there are other places to, to find. I mean, like we, we, you know, we just talked about Stoke, right? Like you can find the same kind of value on that Stoke team, and it's probably a little more consistent. Yeah. Uh, and still as differential um, as you know, still still as much of a differential, right? Uh, so the the converse, of the question I asked you a minute ago is: are, Does does Liverpool? Are you less excited about Liverpool um, given what you saw in that Newcastle game? No, I think I think that that game was a huge learning experience for Klopp. I think he was able to pick out probably a lot of players that will benefit only from a particular setup. And Christian Benteke, Jordan Ibe being particular ones i think you'll probably see a lot more of joe allen and uh and adam lalana in that squad after that game yeah i think if if daniel sturridge had been healthy i i, I feel pretty confident in saying that he would have started over benteke yeah how many uh, times did benteke even touch the ball in that game he had a very poor game uh i don't know that this he didn't seem really a- prepared to run at all. He doesn't seem like a good fit for this team, really. And yeah. I understand why Sturridge didn't play just as a precaution. I think he is healthy. And I really wish Coutinho had been healthy because I really wanted him to be the player I transferred in instead of yeah. Nazard. I still feel good about that Liverpool defense. A, I feel good about that defense keeping it tight. I mean, so long as Dejan Lovren doesn't try to tackle people in the center circle as he's prone to do <laughs> and miss those tackles. Yeah. Also, how many – Dejan Lovren could have scored like two goals in this match. Uh, near the end, he had a couple of like, – Yeah, he had a clean look at goal off of his head. 
Unmarked had headers twice, and yeah. uh, both can't, both chances uh, he wasn't even close. Obviously, yeah. they don't want to be starting him. Dejan Levin's terrible, and yeah. uh, if Saka were healthy, he'd be starting over him. Yeah, it's so it's a peculiar result, but I think it's not a knee jerk game. There's no reason to go knee jerk with Newcastle or against yeah. Liverpool. Don't you think? Uh, yeah, I, I do think so, and I just think that uh, you know Coutinho should be back um, by next weekend. And uh, I think once he's back, we'll see a totally different Liverpool. And their fixtures coming up are excellent too. They're you know home to West Brom, away to Watford, home to Leicester, away to Sunderland in the next four, uh, four excellent fixtures. Yeah. And uh, you know I, you know actually it's funny because I was talking about Mane to De Bruyne, but if Coutinho is healthy, then um, that might be another place I'd look to. Okay, so the next fixture we're going to talk about is Chelsea zero, Bournemouth one. Uh, take us back a week to the always cheating podcast and the conversation we were having. About Eden Hazard. So Eden Hazard looked pretty good in this match. I, I you know, he didn't score. Um, they had a, first of all, they had a clear penalty shot at the end. I don't know if you saw this. I mean, a player literally stuck out his hand <laughs> to stop a ball rolling across the pitch. I mean, yeah. The 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 hand was out in a way that actually like stopped a pass from going through. It wasn't. It was not like a. You know, seventy-yard bullet. That, well, like, the other have seen like that. I mean, the other way to read that is he went. The defender for Bournemouth went into that sliding motion before the ball was released, and his yeah, arm but, was there. The ball, but, but as a defender, he's responsible for not having his arm flailing out. It wasn't like it was close to his body. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, the, the yeah, point yeah. is, I, we I would. I, I don't. I don't this, uh, but, it's not worth arguing about. And I, yeah. I don't what, necessarily disagree with you. No, no, we both agree that I'm right. Uh, and so, you know, Eden, he's just not getting the penalties he was last year because it, it like, I, I mean, maybe it's because Jose Mourinho is such an ass and the refs just don't want to give him any sort of benefit of the doubt. I mean, you know, I know that Mourinho is like way over the top about how many penalty shots they've, they haven't had this year, Yeah, but certainly like half the time he is right. And uh, seems to be proven right in the video evidence later. So Bournemouth I don't did know. get a lot of benefit in this game and Glenn Murray's goal was offside. Yeah, and and a complete fluke goal, like utterly against their. I mean, Bournemouth was not even playing to score. Like there was no. Uh, it was kind of a game that Arsenal used to play all the time. Arsenal would constantly lose one 0 games like this a couple years yeah. ago. Yeah, uh, just a, a stupid, stupid goal. I mean, I feel bad because I was really talking up the Chelsea uh, defense and it certainly looked like the right call up until the eighty fourth minute or whatever that goal was scored. Um, yeah, just just a weird fixture, weird team. Um, I mean, I thought Fabregas looked really poor. Yeah, uh, I yeah. thought I thought Oscar looked unbelievably <laughs> bad. I texted you at the start of the game, and I and I said I'm watching Oscar this game because I could see him turning sort of turning the corner in this. Yeah, game. basically it, looking for somebody to turn whole, it on for Chelsea. What I, and yeah, I was, he looked awful. I, I don't. I mean, I was frustrated that, he, that nothing happened with Hazard. He did have a couple pretty good shots on goal. I, I felt like at least he was part of. He was. He was part of the the attack, like he was actually trying to do things. I felt like you had a lot of players like like Pedro, who like Pedro had a couple of good shots on goal, but it didn't feel like he. It felt like he created his own offense. He wasn't unless he had the ball and was just trying to make something happen on his own. It wasn't like he was um, creating a threat that 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 was pulling defenders away from the yeah. rest of the attack. It just. Yeah. You know, and uh, Ivanovic looked awful as well. Yeah. Um, just, uh, it's really, uh, I mean, you know, there's nothing we can say that hasn't been said a million times or elsewhere about this this Chelsea team, but it's just, it's just such a disaster. And from a fantasy point of view, you just you can't have any of their players right now, I don't think. No, I mean, you can't. It, their fixtures coming up are, could not be better. 
But it, and so it's I'm certainly not going to transfer. Okay, so I this, said it last week going into a Bournemouth home game, which should be the most plum fixture for any team in this league this season. Right. And I pleaded with you to not get involved with that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I I just couldn't say no. <laughs> uh, hey, I pleaded with you to start uh, Andre Ayo a couple weeks ago, and you didn't do that. So I guess we're we're, we're both do our told you so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fair enough. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, so uh, I mean, so let me ask uh, just quickly though. Uh, yeah. At at get noise uh, asked us uh, picked up Azard for the good run of fixtures. Hold or cut losses. Move to Ramsey and save cash in the process. So basically, do you, do you stick with do you, do you stick or twist with uh, Hazard right now? Yeah. Uh, I, now I, I, I guess I, I should answer this as someone who actually has Hazard. Oh yeah, please please go and then I'll give my hot take. Okay, uh, so I think um, I think you probably need to stick with I. I I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I w- I'm planning to stick with him. Uh, Lester and Sunderland in the next You sound fixtures. so sure about it. No, I don't feel great about it. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm i not sure it's worth burning a transfer over. Oh, hell I, no. I, hell no. No, I think that, especially home to Sunderland a week from now, I mean, anybody who doesn't have a single Chelsea player at home to Sunderland in a couple weeks is definitely going to be a little concerned. I mean, even even given how bad Chelsea have looked this year. Yeah. So the chance is there. Yeah, you can you can negative talk Chelsea all all you want. But I mean, and that's the temptation that got everybody into this Bournemouth mess is that the chance, even when Chelsea is 19th place in game week 37, the chance (laughs) will still be there. Because it's not like we actually think that they have no attack. It's just that there's there's no there's not in sync at all. I mean, obviously, they have they have any number of great players in that team. And so it's even if even if we agree as I as I think I'm finally willing to agree on that like they're not, um, you know that they're that they're like a mediocre team this year like they they're like a top half of the table team yeah they're playing like a bunch of slight yeah. teenagers like they're yeah. in an emo band they all don't want to be there they're all too cool <laughs> for schools yeah I mean Seth Fabregas is public enemy number one as far as that's concerned but even your average top half of the table team like let's say Swansea, at least Swansea in most years, like they're still going to win the occasional game for nothing, you know? And so Chelsea, even if, I don't know. So eventually they, you, you'd think they just luck into some goals. So, so the, the point is, I mean, I'm not saying you should triple up on Chelsea players, but if you already have Hazard or whomever, um, <laughs> I, I love how I, the conversation has turned from stuck, eventually though. they'll turn it around to, well, eventually they'll get lucky and score a goal. Well, I don't want to be a little. I want to temper my enthusiasm in last week's podcast yeah, uh, because yeah. I don't know how you could watch this Chelsea match and be at all excited about about how they look. They looked really poor. I mean, they had the ball the whole second half, um, but there was just that you know, Diego Costa. I mean, Diego Costa was really trying. I mean, <laughs> it was like the last stand of the Alamo. Chelsea charging that Bournemouth defense for the, yeah. The they they half. really there was they weren't in the box a lot. And I felt like Hazard was really isolated on the on the. There left. was a moment where Ivanovic got the ball out on the right, and he was looking to put a cross in, and every Chelsea player was just standing motionless in the box, and they're like, "Well, what's he going to do?" Nobody was making a run to the ball. Nobody was trying to find space or open a channel or draw a defender. And it really makes you question why, you know, Andre Sherla, Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Juan Cadrado, like all all of these players who were who were coming up through this Chelsea squad, where we're Lukaku. Romeo Lukaku, uh, yeah, were, were shipped off like kind of quickly, right? I mean, De Bruyne yes. only had dealing with one season on that team. I, De Bruyne I mean, he had a, like one game against Old <laughs> City, and then they were like, "Bye." 
Yeah, very Your weird. Your hair is too strange. And, you know, DeBrian and Lukaku were on that second second place Wolfsburg uh, squad in the Bundesliga last year. And uh, wait, did I say DeBrian and Lukaku? I meant DeBrian and Schurla. Yeah. And uh, Lukaku, on, obviously, you know, just scored his 50th goal in the Premier League for Everton. Yeah. Uh, didn't score a single goal while he was at Chelsea. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not sure about Quadrado, but certainly, like, there were a lot of, a lot, you know, a lot of players who, um, who would be bench players who would be earning spots in that starting lineup right now. I mean, I'm sure Eden Hazard doesn't want to play Oscar, right? I mean, Oscar has looked awful. So anyway, I think um, despite how enticing it is to pick up Aaron Ramsey, uh, I mean, there are a lot of interesting midfield options right now, as we've kind of talked about a little bit in the podcast. Yeah, that was the big takeaway yeah, oh. from the uh, Arsenal-Sunderland game, 3-1, was Aaron Ramsey was was running through the middle, looking very motivated, very much yeah. a part of that offense. I guess it depends on how long uh, Sanchez is out for. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But Ramsey will still be playing, I think, even when Sanchez comes back. Yeah, but I mean, they're so they're away to Aston Villa, but then they're they're home to Man City and away to Southampton the two weeks after that. And neither of those are, are very. God, I just realized that 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 away to Southampton match three weeks from now is uh, the day after Christmas. I cannot believe we're like this far into December. Oh my God, I have to go shopping. Um, what am i gonna get you so yeah really i know better be good uh i think um so ramsey's gonna get you a hazard jersey uh, i like it yeah that's that would really that would really twist the knife uh yeah i mean and ramsey only has one he only has one good game so far i I know he'll look good that's true it it is a little knee-jerk it is a little and he's at eight he's at 8.0 so it's it's, it's not like a bargain. Cheap. No, it's not really a bargain. Now, now you could bring in Coutinho or De Bruyne. Yeah, or again, let me draw your attention to Spurs' upcoming fixtures. And I think Christian Eriksen is going to have some. I predict. I'm basing this on on no data, mm-hmm. but I predict that uh, Christian Eriksen is going to have a productive Christmas Christmas fixtures. <laughs> Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that so is anything you want to say about Bournemouth? I mean, they, they didn't look very good, and they scored a complete fluke goal. Nope, uh, <laughs> nope. I mean, I'm happy for them. I guess uh, still think they're going to go down, but you know, hey, like they're out of the relegation spots right now, so you know, good for them. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess my only other lingering question from game week 15 is: there any poor soul out there who still owns Graziano Pelle? <laughs> oh yeah, he really killed Southampton in that game. He he really had an off day. Yeah. All right, so um, we have a few more questions from the Facebook page and from Twitter. This one comes from Jim Payne. He says, is Mares a must-have now? Worth waiting a few game weeks to get to a softer fixture run for him. Yep, uh, Mares is a must-have, as we already talked about. Jim, I'm uh, wondering where you've been for the first 15 weeks of this FPL season. I think, I think Jim, because we, we've talked to Jim on, on, the, on the Twitters before, and I, I think he might be in his first year in the league, so he may not have jumped on Mares oh, okay. Fair play. Yeah. Fair play, yeah. Jim. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So if this is your first time playing the game, this is a telltale sign of a must-have player. Yeah, he's, 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 he's too cheap not to have. I mean, you know, like, it's fun to talk about whether Aguero is a must-have player because he's so expensive that, like, basically Aguero is worth, like, his price is two Mares's. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I think it literally is, right? What is Mares? I mean, maybe Mares is up to, like, seven million now. Yeah. Uh, but you will never find better value. I mean, this is it's the he's six point eight million, so he's, he's almost two two um, Agueros. Um, I mean, it's, it's equivalent to Harry Kane last year. I mean, the, also you need to own him. It's not even about his points, but his ownership is so high. It's an insurance policy to get him on your team. Yeah, he's owned by you know something like 
what is it? Let me. I actually have it here. He's owned by sixty-one point four percent of the league overall. His ownership in the top, like let's say ten k, well, his ownership in the top ten k is like ninety percent, and the top hundred k, it's probably it's probably around ninety percent as well. So almost everybody has him. So if he has a big week, there's you're just going to drop so far in the overall rankings that it's just not it's not worth not having. Or it's you know, it's 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 too dangerous not to have him. Yeah. Despite the fact that they actually have some really tough fixtures coming up, but Leicester has a you know I mean they scored they've you know they scored against Man U they scored two against Arsenal, um, you know they scored um, away to Stoke, um, you know they scored against Tottenham they scored against West Ham so you know they, they I you know I'm, I'm definitely not that concerned about um, their ability to score even against tough tough opposition yeah. All right, Josh, uh, what do you say we just jump into the optimizer real quick for game oh. week sixteen? Oh yeah! Oh, wait, did we get to all our questions here, Brendan? Uh, J- Justin Hargett asks, uh, "Which Chelsea assets should I pick up this week?" Well, that's an interesting question from our good friend Justin Hargett. <laughs> would, would you like to take that one? I mean, we we, we uh, determined that Justin should not pick up Oscar this week. Yes, uh, I think the answer is easy. He should. We should pick up no Chelsea assets this week. <laughs> A lot of uh, burned uh, Dave Aspilicueta fans out there. Yeah. I actually think he's joking with me too. I yeah. So okay, just jump cool. right to the optimizer. Yeah. Cool, Josh. I think we've I think we've done enough. I think we've said enough. Of course you can <laughs> still send us questions uh, at our Twitter handle at Hail Cheaters or on our Facebook page. Um which I have to be honest, Josh, we kind of have a measly uh following on Facebook. Tell yeah, a, we got tell a yeah, friend. We gotta get that up a little bit. Tell a uh, yeah, like yeah, page. Twitter's not so bad. Uh but yeah, Facebook we need a little we need a little growth. All right, all right. So it's it's always great to hear from you cheaters out there. But uh, let's let's dispense with that. We're we're now all about game week sixteen. Let's get into the optimizer. All right, I'm ready. Are you ready? Uh, hold on, let me get my seatbelt on. <laughs> there we go. Let's optimize game week sixteen. Take us through the running order, Josh. Who's up first? Okay, uh, first fixture, and I think you and I are going to go watch this at the bar. Are we not? Yeah, let's do that. it. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't even thought about it until this very moment, but I'm already Set- committed. 7.45, uh, looks like I'm going to be all in in this fixture with three Everton players, uh, and it is uh, Norwich Everton. They are uh, Norwich are hosting Everton at Carroll Road. Yeah, and Norwich has not been spectacular, uh, Dia Mercy Mobacani aside, uh, the last month or so. You'd expect Lukaku to keep up his, his reign of fire yep, in the Premier I, League. I would. Um, yeah, Everton have to really be reeling right now from their last two draws. So um, we, they, we, they should have six, they should have six points from these two matches, and now they're they're if, you know they're at twenty two points. They really should be at twenty six. Lukaku is just in incredible form right now. He is he is in constant motion toward the goal. Yeah, he probably should have had a hat trick in this match. Uh, to to go and you know and, and really, I mean, they're just the whole offense is set up to feed him the ball too. I mean, it's really. You got to give credit to Roberto Martinez, Martinez, because, <laughs> <laughs> because they're really uh, like it's just all about those crosses from Delafeu and Seamus Coleman and um, and Ross Barkley. I mean, like the whole attack is just feed Lukaku the ball, so find a way to score. Yeah, and, I do. Uh, also, I do yeah. also fear for Norwich because it seems a certainty now that George R. Russell Martin is just working full time on his next Game of Thrones book. I know it's it's very sad, and Dan Mercimo Bacani didn't come on the bench. Didn't come off the bench. I don't think either, which is a bit of a howler, if you ask me. My God! So there's really nothing to root for in this Norwich team right now. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Dan Mercimo Bacani did come on in the uh, 
in that Watford match. He played 45 minutes. Oh, how many goals did he score? He scored five goals. <laughs> Guy's on was, a roll. Was, wasn't enough that I lost 6-5. He's so under the radar sometimes. <laughs> All right, so predictions here. I would say um, Everton, this will be my uh, clean sheet pick of the week. If, you, if you'll remember, if we're keeping score at home, last week for a clean sheet of the week, who did you pick, Josh? Uh, I picked uh, Chelsea. And I picked Man United, so that's a point for BK. Mm-hmm. And that's a point against you. So I'm going to pick Everton clean sheet this week. Okay, I like that. Uh, I think I, I, Norwich can be a little dangerous at home. Uh, I think this is another draw. I'm going to predict a 2-2 draw. Okay, interesting. With a, with another goal from Barkley and a goal from Lukaku. So very very original of me. <laughs> <laughs> How's De La Feo going to look in this game? Oh, I, I'm sure he's going to get like five more assists that don't count for some stupid reason. I can't even talk about the De La Feo thing. De La Feo it's, is just like a, a slightly better version of how I was describing Jordan Ibe. He gets the ball down on the corner. He does about no, 500 No, De La Feo is fantastic. He is, he is, he is playing so well this year. Uh, he just, he's just not getting the He should have assists in three straight games, and he's actually set players up to score even more. Uh, Coney has like fluffed like three opportunities from De La Feo. My uh, it's, he's yeah, too, bad, it's he's bad too, luck. He's too self-aware a player. I don't like all the stepovers either. I think it's stupid and showy and unnecessary, but I, I do think he's a great player. All right, all right let's let's keep going. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get upset again. <laughs> all right, all right. Up next, we've got Crystal Palace Southampton. Uh, interesting game. Uh, Southampton is in really terrible shape right now, having trouble scoring, having trouble keeping clean sheets. Yep. Um, I think. Uh, you know, I actually I think Crystal Palace might win this game. Uh, I was really disappointed with how Southampton looked. Uh, I mean, really the last two games, right? Because they lost six one to Liverpool at midweek, and and um, really didn't take it. To, I, I felt like they, they it was one of those games where it felt like they they just assumed they were going to score at some point. Like there was no urgency in, right. in their attack, and and they kind of left the game out there for somebody to take. And so ever you know, Aston Villa took it. And, uh, you know, in the end, they were able to score an equalizer. Kind of a weird equalizing goal, too. Um, like a goal that had no fantasy implications. <laughs> like nobody had... James Ward-Prowse to nobody had, yeah, yeah, exactly. And nobody has any Aston Villa defenders either. So it's just like, yeah. it, it meant nothing, basically. It was just, yeah, so... It's like uh, if, 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 uh, if uh, James Ward-Prowse assists a goal, does it... Does the goal really even exist? <laughs> really, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think, uh, but Crystal Palace, I thought they looked okay today. Um, I, you know, their their defense is is, is better than advertised. Um, they 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 played pretty solid. I mean, they they, they were missing um, Zaha for suspension, so I think that they, that hurt things a little bit. Um, Balassi looked pretty good. Um, they just need a striker, really. They just need somebody. Um, I mean, Connor Wickham is just such a awful player that Ben uh, to Crystal Palace. Yeah, I don't know why um, the uh, Patrick Bamford. I, I don't know why Patrick Bamford can't get a run in in this team. All right, he's a Chelsea player, isn't he? He is. Yeah, he played for um, for Borough last year, and uh, he was excellent. I think he's one of the best players in their team. Yeah, I agree. I, I do really like Crystal Palace in this game. I think it'll be three one Crystal Palace. All right, so let's move on to a more interesting fixture: uh, Man City Swansea. So you you may have Aguero in this match. I may have De Bruyne. Yeah, I would love to have a fit Aguero here and slap the armband on him and see what happens uh, come what may. 
<laughs> it would be it would be a chance. Yeah, this is a game. I, I guess it depends on what we see in the Champions League. I'm I'm a little worried that De Bruyne might get a rest at some point. That's my only concern about. He's been playing every minute of every game nonstop. Something yeah, I know. He's pr- pretty young though, too. You know, he's like 22, 23. I mean, he's he's at the age where he can basically play nonstop. So I, I'm not too concerned about it. I, I think he he didn't. Play, you know, I think he came on. I came off the bench early on in that. Uh, for Man City, too. So his legs are still pretty fresh, I think. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I think it's probably an easy Man City win. Um, the thing is, Gary Monk really shouldn't get fired if they lose. You know, I know he's kind of hanging on by a thread right now. Right. If um, you you can't make a decision based on this game, though, right? I mean, if they, like, I, I guess if they lost, like, 8 nothing, and the players clearly quit and the manager and, and <laughs> you know, like that, then, then you could do it. But if it's, like, a tough, like, 2 nothing win for Man City, um I don't know why you would fire him, you know? I, mean, just, I don't know. So, Well, when do you fire him? I guess I guess the following week at home at the Liberty Stadium to West Ham, if they lose to Ed Kane. That then, would be it, I guess. Yeah, but I just mean, it. you know, yeah, so so we'll see. Uh, I think, I actually think Man City, I mean, well, it's the It's just getting is, worse and worse for yeah. Gary Monk because it's getting closer and closer to Christmas. I want I want the Monk household to at least have some time to to recuperate in time for the yeah. holidays. I agree. So I'll fire uh, the man right on Fireman Boxing Day. All right, let's say I'm going to say three nothing Man City. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, uh, Sunderland Watford. Oh, we didn't even talk about Watford. I I'm kind of sick about not having a Watford <laughs> uh, goal. I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but watching <laughs> watching these guys score every week, it's it's Troy Deeney Gallo. It's kind of fun. Um, I don't because I've never I've not I've not gotten close <laughs> to getting either of those players for whatever reason. So I guess because I've never emotionally um, come into contact with a Gallo or Dini, it hasn't really phased me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just can't believe that Agello can't stop scoring. It's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's so remarkable. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mostly give them credit too. I mean, I, I'm into it. You know, I mean, I think it's cool. That, I mean, Watford is, I mean, they're only seven points off the Champions League spots. You know, I mean, like they're really, they're having a great season, and they're kind of an interesting team to root for. And so, yeah, I mean, they're more fun to watch than Sunderland, that's for sure. Yeah, then, I mean, does does the party stop after this week, though, against Sunderland? Because then they have Liverpool and then a whole mess of trouble after that, starting game week 16. I mean, it's like it's like we said with the Leicester players. Like, I guess eventually it prob- it, it, you would think it will. I mean, we thought eventually that Jamie Vardy would stop scoring, and I guess he, he finally did. Uh, we think that Mesodozo will finally go a game without an assist. That one hasn't happened yet, although he did... Let's say he traded an assist for a yeah. goal. Yeah. yeah, it's almost Attacking the same points. Yeah, so eventually we will have a run where Agallo does not have a goal and an assist in like 12 points. Uh, but it does seem like it's still still a ways off. So, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, certainly uh, you would have to really consider strongly captaining uh, Agallo in this game if you had him, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, can can I pick Agallo as my sub 8.0 striker <laughs> to score a goal this week? Because I think I will. Almost feels like cheating, but I, I, will, let, I will allow it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It should be a tight game. I, Sunderland has been playing great defense under Allardyce recently. That is and- true. That is true. And Watford will be on the road. It, it'll be tight. I think maybe a, a one-one draw. Maybe Sunderland ekes it out two-one. That is true. I mean, I, I do think that um, we're seeing a much better Sunderland the last few weeks, and so you know, yeah, you don't want to just have that Sunderland mindset of the first few weeks of the season where they it were. It is incredible, four, like five, how five. dire it was for Sunderland 
the, yeah. the first couple of months, and now I, they seem to have settled uh, pretty quickly. I think Sunderland, I think Watford's actually going to beat Sunderland in this match. I'm going to guess two one. Just they always concede a penalty, so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to pick Troy Deeney as my goal scorer of the all week. All right, all right, I love it. <laughs> all right, West Ham Stoke. Uh, great. I would love to see Stoke continue their uh, crazy run of continental form here. Yeah, well, West Ham is a little devastated with injury right now. I'm thinking for these 10 o'clock fixtures, I may only have like two players uh, to watch. This is going to be like an entire grouping of Purina Puppy Chow Pure Watch games. <laughs> it really is. It's a lot of Pure Watches. Uh, I mean, it almost makes me inclined. Have you ever die? I always feel so bad when I do this. But every now and then I will make a transfer. Like if, I'm, if it's like 50-50 between two players and one is playing a match that I can watch and one is playing a match that I know won't be able to watch, mm-hmm. I tend to bring in the player who I will be able to watch. That's madness. You know, it's just, it's just fun. It's just more fun. <laughs> I know it's not the logical uh, way to think about things. but uh, So anyway. I always uh, thought you played to win. You didn't play for fun. Well, it's like if all things being equal, which yeah. I know they never are, but just, you know, if you can't decide, you know, if you're like, oh, like I want, I, you know, I want De Bruyne and I want Hazard. I can't decide who to bring in. And you're like, well, I could actually watch that match. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. All right. So uh, West Ham Stoke. I think Stoke uh, will win this match one nothing on a Winston Reid own goal. <laughs> going to keep his run of misery going. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll, I, I will. Uh, I'll go with your with your prediction there. Okay. All right, Bournemouth, Man United. How about how does nil nil draw sound to you, Brandon? It sounds wildly exciting. Can I? Can Man United be a part of that? I mean, this is the twelve thirty match, so we're really going to have a tough choice at whether we stay to watch this match. You, the you, the or, argument or would be that it'd be get cheeseburgers somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because what sounds more fun to you? And I'm saying this maybe because I haven't had dinner yet tonight. A tasty cheeseburger or a Man United team that is determined not to let anybody score at the cost of never scoring themselves. Yeah, I'd take the cheeseburger nine times out of ten. I know, yeah, 57 burger. Just depends mm-hmm. on what did I have for breakfast. <laughs> well, you had a cheeseburger. Oh, okay, cool. So it'd be two cheeseburgers. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with uh, nil-nil draw. All right. And I'll make, I'll make uh, Simon Francis my, uh, my uh, clean sheet of the week. Interesting. Memphis I'm, gonna De- go, I'm, I'm making a bold choice here. Memphis Depay scores in this game. 2 nothing. Man United. Yeah, two, two own goals. 2 nothing. <laughs> Bournemouth. <laughs> All right, All right take, take us to Sunday. Yeah, so Sunday, the uh, early morning game is Aston Villa-Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal on the road, Aston Villa. Interestingly enough, this was a match uh, that also had a also had a great game in last year. I remember uh, way to Aston Villa. I think he had a goal and an assist, maybe even two assists. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of the first uh, big game for Arsenal last season um, after kind of a rough start, um, if I remember correctly. So uh, that means nothing, of course. But just I wanted to impress you with my knowledge of Arsenal history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Arsenal will win this game pretty easily. Uh, I think Micah Richards is still out. I was impressed with Aston Villa's ability to to snatch a point away to Southampton. Yeah, much. Uh, they looked. Yeah, they looked okay. I mean, it wasn't like it was inspiring. Like they they looked fine. You know, it was. I mean, like you know, they were they scored that you know that that Lescott goal. It was only in the game because. Um, Michael uh, Richards is out. Because Michael Richards was out. But, yeah. you know, so, uh, you know, I think, um, I which, think it'll which, be. By I, the way, uh, he, must, he must be terrible if 
if he only gets in with Richards being on the bench. I feel I'm really surprised by that. Yeah, I, he seemed like he, a great leader. Leader, so he, he seemed like a great transfer for experience and leadership. Julian Lescott coming yeah. in. I'm surprised he's not played. I agree, and so he must I be think, a real asshole. Or something. So I think uh, 2 nothing Arsenal. I don't think this will be like a, a huge blowout game, but I, I do think they'll win. I, I think they'll give a clean sheet, too. All right. My first prediction for this game is that Mesut Ozil gets an assist off of his head. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. A headed assist. My second prediction is that Arsenal wins this game 4-1. to one. Interesting. Okay. Yep. They haven't. Sh- they, yeah, they've been seeing a lot of goals recently. All right. So the next fixture is Liverpool at home to West Brom. Uh, seems like a game that they well, I, I think West Brom will set up. Tony Pulis is a good coach, and he'll be ready for this Liverpool attack. I think. I don't think it'll make a difference, but I, I do think Liverpool will win. But can't you just see this being a game that's like a little more frustrating than you expect? Yeah. You know, like uh-huh. you know, on the one hand, you're like, oh, like they're going to destroy him, but. I think Liverpool is, is at, the, at this time, they're actually set up better to play against teams that, that are about as good as they are. You know, it's easier for them to beat good teams right now than it is for them to beat bad teams. Right. Uh, because good teams are trying to score, and that's when the gag and press style really, like, they're sort of pressing and they're not, like, but because the other team isn't, like, keeping a bunch of guys back, it's, you know. Um, yeah, the team has to be playing a higher line, I suppose. I wonder yeah, if, exactly. if there is a team like West Brom or a coach like Tony Pulis in the in the Bundesliga. I don't know. I'd like to, I'd like to find out though. <laughs> I think, uh, this, yeah, this will be an interesting game because I'm sure Klopp will be very interested in, in writing the wrongs uh, yeah, of that Newcastle game. I think he's going to, yeah. I think he's going to come out wanting to win and, and make a point here. Although it will be right after a um, Europa League game too. I think they've already clinched their spot in the next round. So I don't know how essential that match is, but yeah. they will have um, played in that. And sometimes, you know, there's that, post Ripley hangover. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, we'll see. All right, uh, next match is Spurs uh, home to Newcastle. Very excited about this one because I planned to captain Harry Kane. Yeah, nice. This is the reason you brought him in. It kind of was. I mean, I, I, I did think that there was a chance I'd get something from him in that West Brom game, and he really was kind of... Uh, Kind of absent, but um, I feel pretty good about this one. I did. Did you watch any of that Spurs game? I didn't watch any. Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. Uh, the Delia Eagle was a really nice goal too. I did and see the highlight there. That yeah. was fantastic. Totally Alderweireld Alderweireld looks, with an yeah, incredible he's great, assist. great value too. I, I think he's he's still not even that expensive. And I think five point um, six or five point seven. Yeah, which isn't so bad. I mean, considering what you're getting from him, which is you know clean sheets and attacking threat. Yeah, no, he would be the must-have in that Spurs defense. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think um, I'm going to guess uh, three nothing uh, Spurs. That's my yeah. prediction. This is line. this is a tempting transfer target to to turn Vardy into Harry Kane here because uh, this. Oh, is, so you're looking at Vardy now too. This is crazy. Looking to dump. Yeah, I'm looking to dump Vardy uh, for Kane. It's, this is this is just too plum a fixture. Wow, I, I I'm sure this that seems very rash to me. How well well it could be. Tell me why you think it's rash. Because we've been talking on every podcast the last several weeks about how you just can't let go of Jamie Vardy until he goes a game without bringing you attacking points. I mean, I know he had a he had a, only an assist in the last fixture, but I mean, home to a Chelsea team that that isn't looking very good right now. It's not good enough. An assist, you're gone. You're out. Of, if you if you bring anything less than a goal to my FPL squad, you're out the next week. Those are the <laughs> rules, buddy. Hit the road. Only Mubakani stays. <laughs> anyway, it's under consideration. I'll tell you sure, that. I'll sure, fair that. enough. 
Um, okay, and the uh, the final fixture uh, is on uh, Monday, and that is Leicester hosting Chelsea. Very interesting. Very, I'm very excited about this match. Yeah, this this would be another Purina puppy chow pure watch for the week. Very tempting. Down. Yeah, tempting to um, go find a place to. Like it's very time to have a doctor's appointment or something on Monday at uh, four o'clock next week. Yeah, it, it's just like every this feels like the perfect fixture for Jose Mourinho's narrative right now. Mm-hmm. Because to lose to Leicester in Chelsea's situation, to lose to a Leicester City that is leading the league um, would just be such an interesting twist to the tale. It w- it would be. I mean, I, I'm not even sure who's favored to win this game. <sighs> I mean, it's, I it's sort of like the Leicester battle. Haven't the, played all the top teams. I mean, yeah. you know, they still haven't played. I don't think they played Man City or Liverpool yet, have they? Uh, they no, played, they played. They played Arsenal, Man United, and Spurs. Yeah. Although the table is so weird this year, then like what? What does that even like, mean? Yeah. What does it mean? I mean, uh, Crystal Palace is in sixth place. You know. <laughs> so yeah. Well, it's, a, so. it's a weird time for the league, but they. So you know, I mean, they they have played. I guess two of the top four teams at this point. I wouldn't be shocked if Chelsea won this match. I mean, no. I mean, they shipped five goals at home to Arsenal several weeks back, and, you know, Chelsea's... So I don't know. I, I think it'll be a really interesting match. I, I think it'll be pretty open. Um, I think this could be like a... You never know with these Monday night games, though. You know, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, like... I mean, obviously, we're just guessing anyway, right? No one's, like, no one's like making gambling picks based on this stuff. But <laughs> no, please don't. I'm gonna, yeah, I think um, I'm going to actually – oh, jeez. I'm going to pick a 3-2 Chelsea win. Okay. Yeah, I, I like it. It's it's, it's a battle of uh, underachiever versus, versus the overachiever. And the gut says that Chelsea wins this game. The gut says. Okay, and so – all right. So just to recap, who is your, uh, who is your clean sheet player of the week and what is your um, – Sub eight goal scorer of the week. Well, Everton is my clean sheet of the week. Uh, do I have to pick a player? Um, yeah, pick a just player. Just a team. Yeah, pick a pick, pick a player. All right, I'll pick uh, uh, Funos Mori. Okay, and I've got uh, Troy Deeney, and uh, I have uh, Simon Francis. Okay, uh, my my attacker. Who was it? Oh, you. Oh, you, yeah, they got her creative one. Yeah, yeah, Gala. <laughs> well, one of us is going to get an assist. And one of us is going to get a goal. That much we know for sure. <laughs> yeah. And if, very, if, you, if, you, if you start taking like a 20 to 9 head-to-head matchup on me, I think we're going we're to start like betting some money on these or something just to, just to, just to, keep, just to keep a little juice going. <laughs> All right. So that's the optimizer. Good luck in game week 16, everybody. Uh, yep. Yeah. Good luck, good luck to you, Brandon. Thank you. And we, we have a plug that we want to make before we sign off. Josh, you were on a pod, another podcast this week. Yeah, I was. I was on a podcast called The Big Game Podcast. It's, uh, well, I mean, anybody could listen to it, but particularly if you're an American listener, uh, you might like the podcast. Every week he focuses on whatever um, sort of the biggest, most talked about match was that week. And he being and, the host, Justin Hargett, our good friend. Yep, uh, and he, exactly, and a long, long-time friend of both of ours. And he um, had me on. I was talking about the Big Ten Championship match where uh, Michigan State played um, Iowa, and they won in a dramatic game. You and I both watched it. Um, what a game. What an amazing game. It was It uh, was really sensational. So I talked about that, and I talked a little bit about what it's like to go to a big state school in America um, because it's very hard not to become a big football fan if you go to a school like that because it's just so um, 
everyone's so good. So there's an anthropological, sociological element to this particular episode of The Big Game. A little bit. I don't know if he planned it to be that way, but I, I like. He sort of wrestled control of his of his podcast from him. I, I can't help myself. You know, I, I, I like when, once I start talking about college sports versus pro sports, I get very um, flowery and sort of yeah, yeah, you know, philosophical. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, The Big Game podcast. Check it out. All right, that's uh, that's me signing off. I'll sign right. off for you too, Josh. Do you mind? Uh, uh, I yeah, I do mind actually. <laughs> All right, you have anything else to say? Nope. Uh, for Brandon, I'm Josh. Hail cheaters. Poku forever. <laughs>